Let's turn our Bibles to Joshua chapter 7 and we'll read verse 26. Joshua chapter 7 and verse 26. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Akko. Last year, on the 25th of October, I announced that I was beginning a new series of messages on the doctrine of sin as revealed in the life of Achan. And I pray that this series of messages from this well-known passage of Scripture, Joshua 7, has been of great benefit to you as it has been to me as I've been preparing to preach these messages. This morning, as we come to the end of our studies in Joshua 7, we will consider one more installment of truth from this particular passage recorded for us in verse 26. And there we see that a great heap of stone was erased or erected to be a reminder to the nation of God's judgment and God's mercy. And this was a great spiritual milestone in the life of the nation of Israel. When you read the book of Joshua, in Joshua 7, it is the only place where it is recorded that Israel suffered defeat under the leadership of Joshua and that Israel's soldiers or men were killed. The rest of the book of Joshua does not record any such defeat. And the narrator wants us to learn something that here is a chapter squeezed, as it were, between two victories. The victory at Jericho in chapter 6 and then the next victory at Ai in chapter 8. And you see in chapter 7 lessons to be learned as we've been going through this series on the seriousness of sin in the midst of God's people and how that God will punish sin. We've also seen that sin can affect others in the congregation of God's people. And as we come to verse 26, we see that this great heap of stones was to be a reminder for future generations of the sin of Achan, the judgment of God, but also to remind them of the mercy of this great God. And we see that this was a great event, a great milestone, because it was just after a victory at Jericho 
And just before getting into the promised land, the land of Canaan. And once again, God had to underscore this important lesson. That he is going to conquer the lands by putting forth his mighty powers. Or his mighty power. And the nation of Israel was to follow in total obedience to the instructions of God. And this great milestone, the sin of Achan, was to be a reminder of God's judgment and God's mercy. And as we go through this verse, the question you must ask, those of us who are Christians, those moments, or when those moments of spiritual milestones in your life, do you pause to reflect on what God has done for you in your life? And do you take that moment it will be a point of instructing future generations or instructing your children on God's faithfulness, God's righteousness, God's judgment, and God's mercy. Do those spiritual milestones in your life point people around you to this great God that you said? So let's open up this 26 and draw lessons. The first thing we see is that spiritual milestones are a time or are times of remembering what God has done. Spiritual milestones are a reminder or are a time of remembering what God has done done. Verse 26, the first part, and they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. This great heap of stones was to be a reminder for un how Israel had been unfaithful to God and the dire consequences that came as a result. And each time they saw those stones, it was to remind them of the sin of Achan, the defeat at Ai, and the 36 men killed in battle. Now when you understand the, the, the custom of the day, it was customary to raise landmarks over the graves of criminals or some infamous persons. They needed to put something that stood as a distinct mark so that anyone who was to ask, they would be taught and be reminded of what God had done. And the name of that place, as we are told, was called the Valley of Arco, which means trouble. 
And the narrator wants us to feel the pain that Israel went through. So painful an episode it was that they would disown the place and the spot where Achan was punished. This lasting monument was to bring a reminder to each member of the nation of Israel or to each member of the congregation that one man's sin can affect the entire nation and bring dishonor to the name of Yahweh. The great heap of stones was to be a memorial to solemnly remind Israel of Achan's sin. And God knew, God knows, that given man's propensity to forget, something needed to be done in order to remind them of what God had done in their midst. When you read Genesis chapter 28 and also chapter 20, uh, chapter 31, you see in those two chapters, Jacob set up a pile of stones or a great heap of stones as a reminder to him, himself and those that would ask about this great heap of stones a reminder of God's faithfulness to Jacob and a reminder that God keeps his word. When you read Joshua chapter 3, you realize that before stepping into the, 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 the Jordan, again, Joshua picked up stones and they said that to remind themselves of God's promises. You also remember that this happened when the children of Israel, after crossing the Mediterranean Sea, when God had destroyed the armies of Egypt, they set stones to remind themselves of what God had done. And so this great heap of stones to the nation of Israel and to those who understood what they meant, it was to be a reminder of that miraculous act of God in manifesting his glorious character in the life of people. In the midst of his people, it was God miraculously coming and descending and acting in a way that he manifests his glorious attributes so that when the nations would ask future generations, they will be told of what God had done. Jacob was to remind himself that God keeps his words. And Joshua and the nation of Israel we are to remind themselves that God is holy and faithful to his covenant. And so in this account, 
these heap of stones were to be a basis for sharing faith with their children. Probably those who were young and did not understand what had transpired as they were growing. These heaps of stones was to remind them or to be a basis of sharing faith with the future generations. There were, the heaps of stones were set in such a way that they would arouse the curiosity of children so that when the children ask, but what about these stones? The older generation would remind the children of Achan's sin and God's judgment upon the nation because of Achan's sin and how that God finally found Achan out and punished him. It was to be a time of remembering what God has done. Do you take time to tell your story of God's dealing with you? Do you keep a clear memory of what God did for you? Or what God has done for you? Or what God keeps on doing for you? In those moments, those spiritual milestones, do you keep on telling your story of salvation so that you, you do not lose your own sense of awe and wonder of God's amazing grace in your life? Do you ponder in those moments, maybe on your birthday or your wedding anniversary or, or your second birth when God saved you from your sins, do you ponder in amazement as you look back at what God has done for you? And do you take that moment to teach your children and those around you of God's amazing grace in your life? Do you take time to reflect on how good God has been to you? Spiritual milestones must remind us of what God has done. It must be a moment of humbling ourselves before God and stand in awe at His amazing grace. Because you can look back and be reminded of a day when God came into your life and conquered your heart and changed your perspective of Him. So that everything from that point onwards was about this great God. Or is it simply one of those days? Life must go on. For the nation of Israel, this was a great spiritual milestone 
Yes, they had suffered defeat at I. Men were killed. But it reminded them of what God had done. It also reminded them that this God is a faithful God. And when he says something, it must be obeyed. It must be followed. It reminded them that the God who rescued their forefathers from the land of bondage was still their God. Their forefathers had died in the wilderness because of their rebellion against God. And that if they continue to rebel against this God, they too will perish. It was a time to be reminded or to remember what God has done. But secondly, spiritual milestones are times, are times of renewing personal commitment to God. Spiritual milestones are times of renewing personal commitment to God. Let's read verse 26 again. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Akko. The Bible says in verse 25 and 26 that they burned them with fire and they stoned them with stones. They raised over him this great heap of stones. The pronoun they is a reminder to everyone who was present and everyone participating in this act of stoning Achan and his family. That this will be the fate of everyone who fails to follow God's clear, clear instructions. And so as they were participating in stoning Achan, they themselves were being reminded that if you fail to follow Yahweh and what he says, this will be your fate, this will be your end. And therefore, it was a moment to renew personal commitment to this God. Joshua not only issued the order to stone Achan, most likely he personally joined in stoning Achan and his family to death. And by him acting in unison or in solidarity with the rest of God's people, Joshua the leader was also indicating to those present and to all the, and to the generations that would follow, that he too was ready 
to be judged in such a manner should he be unfaithful. He was ready to fall at the great judgment of God should he, Joshua, fail to follow what God had said. And so this heap of stones was a visible reminder of the faithfulness of God and the seriousness of sin. But this great heap of stones was also to be a reminder of their own renewal of personal commitment to God and also a moment of putting confidence in God and trusting that this God who has brought us this far will see us to the other side of the battlefield. It was a reminder to, to themselves that if God caused us to have this impasse before the city of Ai, that we could not progress because we had sinned against him, now that sin has been dealt with, we can trust God to usher us on the other side of the battlefield in victory. And therefore each member needed to personally Commit himself or herself to God. And this was significant because this was happening just before they entered the promised land. God was teaching them that I must be faithfully followed and obeyed. Before you enter the promised land, God was telling them, I need to remind you once again of who I am. I am Yahweh, God, who is faithful to his covenant and faithful to himself. This was the dawn of a great new beginning so that when they go in the new land they will be reminded of Yahweh and the personal commitment they had made to this Yahweh. And it was, will be a time when they would all respond to God in a manner that honors his name, in a manner that shows that they totally trust his leading, and in a manner that will show that our selfish, stubborn refusal to trust you is behind us. We now want to settle into the land that you are giving us. And therefore, do 
as you please. This point ought to be a people with a, a powerful sense of new determination, new purpose, and ready to conquer the city of I. Because at this moment they realized it was not because of anything in them, but because of Yahweh who was with them. It was a reminder of what Yahweh had done, but also a time of renewing personal commitment to this great God. Likewise for us as believers today, we should look we should be able to look back and sense those moments, those milestones which stand out as times when, which God used to change our own direction and the moments when God gave us a sense of, of a new purpose, a time when we can look back and say on this point, God revealed himself in such a way that I abandoned my sin and gave myself to God. And in that moment, God gave me a new purpose, a new sense of direction. And therefore, Everything I'd acquired, I'd acquired, everything I'd achieved in view of what God had done was nothing. In that moment, I was ready to do what he says, to go where he sends me, and to follow every direction that he gives me. Spiritual milestones must be moments when we, we renew personal commitment to God. We must be able to look back at our lives and see how God, by his mercy and grace, has been shaping our direction and pointing us in a particular direction, wanting us to serve him and follow him. And we must use those moments to look back and be grateful of how he's led us and commit ourselves to the coming years to save him, to give ourselves and to tell the next generation of the faithfulness of the God we serve. It was a time of renewing personal commitment, saying to one another, as we are stoning Achan and his family, if we are found guilty of the same sin, we too will be punished in a similar manner. And therefore, from this point onwards, let us commit ourselves to Yahweh and save him till we enter the promised land.
It was a time of renewing personal commitment. And thirdly, spiritual milestones are a promise of mercy and a door of hope. They are a promise of mercy and a door of hope. The last part of verse 26, Joshua chapter 7. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Akor. It was a time to see the promise of mercy and the door of hope that was there. Once sin was dealt with, mercy was given, and the door of hope was, op was opened. The prospects of defeating I were once again rekindled. The great heap of stones reminded them that God has punished sin and now God will keep his promise and God will fight for his covenant people. But it was also a reminder that God did not just act out of impulse, no. God had given the nation of Israel and the guilty party time to repent. God had announced through Joshua that there was sin in the camp. God had announced through Joshua that we must consecrate ourselves. God had given time that the guilty person may come to terms with their sin and therefore receive mercy if they turn away from sin. And God had given time to the nation. And this great heap of stones over Achan was to remind the nation of the promise of mercy, but also of the door of hope that was open. In Joshua, the valley of Akko reminded the nation of trouble. When you read Hosea, Chapter 2, Hosea chapter 2, verse 14 through to verse 16. This valley is spoken of in a different way. When Hosea speaks to Israel and their rebellion and God's promise to them. In Hosea chapter 2, Verse 14 through to verse 16. Hosea gives hope that this valley will bring hope. In Joshua's day, this valley of Akko meant trouble. It meant sin judged. But when you get to Hosea chapter 2, verse 14 through to verse 16, God says this valley of apple, that means trouble for you, I am going to give you as a door of hope. 
God speaking uh, to the nation of Israel through Hosea. He says to the nation of Israel, you've rebelled against me and because of your sin, trouble has followed you. But, the, but here was this great promise that this valley of Arco, this valley that in your mind rings trouble, is going to be the door of hope for you. In other words, God was going to restore the nation of Israel. He was going to forgive them of their sin. The sin that came as a result of their rebellion against God. And they brought trouble on themselves. And God is saying to them, through this same valley, I will do a great thing. And I've promised you mercy. And it will be a door of hope. And in verse 15 of Hosea chapter 2, the last part, the Bible says, you will sing in that day, just like the day when you came up out of the land of Egypt. You will sing in that day. And God is saying, when I deliver you from your sins, when I deliver you from your trouble, this valley of Arco will be a door of hope. God is going to make something that is troublesome and turn it into a door of hope and a promise of mercy. And from this point onwards, the valley of Arco was to have a different meaning. From reminding the nation of Israel of trouble to reminding them of a promise of mercy and a door of hope that God had said would happen. There was one man from the tribe of Judah that brought sin and trouble to the nation of Israel. That one man was judged for his sin. When we read the scriptures, we are also told of one man from the tribe of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew no sin. He had no sin. And yet all the sins of the world was poured upon him. And he was judged in your place and in my place. He was a righteous man. And in the valley of trouble, through the judgment of God, he was to be the means of the door of hope and the promise of mercy to all who receive forgiveness in him. And this is a message as we conclude this book of this seventh chapter of Joshua. That when you find yourselves in trouble, when sin finds you out, as it does everyone who sins, there was a man from the tribe of Judah. He knew no sin. He had done no sin. There was no sin in him. He came.
came into this world and he died in our place and in him the father was well satisfied and in him there is mercy in him there is a promise of mercy in him there is a door of hope that all who come to him and are found in him will be with him in eternity Christ Jesus, man from Judah, is a promise of God, of mercy, of grace, and of hope. He was judged, and upon him was laid the sin of this world. And on that moment, that great spiritual milestone on the cross, The Son of God was nailed and he cried out to his Father, My God, why have you forsaken me? There's never been an event like that. There will never be any great, greater spiritual milestone than that where the sinless Son of God hung in place of sinners. When God bruised God. On that cruel cross, my Savior was crucified. On that moment, that great milestone, the world laughed. Satan rejoiced. The Son of God gave up his spirit. And the Bible tells us on the third day, my Savior rose victoriously and conquered death to show us that he is the promised Savior, the promised door of hope. In him we have salvation. The cross scorned by the world is now the promise of mercy, the door of hope. And unlike those great heaps, heaps of stone that can fade with the passing of time and lose its meaning as generation upon generation would come. But that great milestone on the cross where my Savior died, it will never fade in the memories of the world. Centuries have come and they've gone. People have tried to erase that historical moment, but they've failed. And every generation continued to sing of the glories of God, showed to us in Christ on the cross. And as we celebrate Christmas, we are reminding ourselves that God was born in a manger as a promise of mercy, a promise of salvation. And those that heard the news rejoiced. And those that continued to hear the news continue to rejoice. And one day he was hung and he gave up his spirit. So that in him, we 
may find salvation. In Christ, the anger of God is satisfied. And if you are here this morning, and you've been with us throughout this series of messages, I plead with you. Sin is serious. God will punish sin. But there is hope for you. While you have breath, there is hope for you in Christ. Turn away from sin. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. Because this door of hope will not always be open. This promise of mercy will one day come to an end. When God wraps up history. That great spiritual master is a reminder of God's judgment and God's mercy. As we conclude this series of messages in Joshua 7, I want you to go with these lessons. Sin is serious. God will punish sin. You cannot hide sin from God. Your hidden sin are open before God. But also, we have this picture of the hope that is ours or that is found in Christ Jesus. The hymn writer puts it this way on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and the blessed for a world of sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Is this your hope? Is this your hope? This is my hope. This is the hope of those who know Christ. But I ask you, is this your hope? Can you joyfully, confidently, meaningfully 
and triumphantly say, I will exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, I plead that as you leave this building, walk out through that door. May Christ conquer your heart and bring you to a point where you can sing triumphantly the words of the hymn we'll be singing in closing on a hill far away. Let's pray. Our Father, we pause this moment thanking you for your sustaining grace as we've been going through Joshua chapter 7. Many lessons have been brought through this book, this chapter, a well-known chapter, but a glorious chapter, full of installments of truth for our correction, instruction, and for our rebuke. Our Father, may it please you to use these words the messages preached from this chapter to convict many of their sins, but also to convict us who are Christians of the seriousness of sin and of how sin can affect the body of Christ. Our Father, we pray that you sanctify us through these messages and bring salvation to those in need of it. Once again we plead, may your word accomplish its purposes and may it not return void. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen.